Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now. Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. Certainly while we look at Washington, it seems that the focus is on voter suppression, deleting people from the rolls. Certainly not true here in our local community where we're working very hard to make sure more people get out there to vote. And leading that effort is none other than Napa County Registrar Recorder Clerk John Tudor. It's a pleasure to be here, as always, Jeff. Thank you for coming in. You really are uh, engaged in this whole new effort now to uh, change our voting system a little bit here and get more people to participate. Yeah, it's been sad for California with out with encouraging voters, unlike some of our fellow states in the Midwest and other places. We still have one of the lowest voter turnouts in the country. And the legislature took cognizance of that this two years ago and passed what is called the Voters' Choice Act. And I'll explain in a minute what that is. Napa is one of four or five counties that will implement the Voters' Choice Act for June 5th of 2018, which is our next schedule election. So the key points are that everyone is going to get a ballot. That's number one, by mail the way 90% of us already get their ballots. Let me let me just interrupt mm-hmm. you for half a second, no, if please. you don't mind. Everyone or everyone that's registered? No, everyone that's registered. I wanted we can't to be clear about that. Thank right. you, and that's the second part of this I want to talk about. So every registered voter will receive a ballot about 29 days before the election. I am required under the new law to give everyone two special notices between the date they receive their ballot and the date they should mail it back or drop it off. And those notices are going to go out about a week after they get their ballot and then again about two weeks after they get their ballot. And it will explain the choices they have for delivering their ballot. And here's the new part. So you can mail it. We are going to install drop boxes, secure drop boxes, at eight locations around the county, including one outdoors in the alley by our office building that will be open for 28 days before the election. And you may drop those off. We will be circulating daily or more than daily if needed to empty those and get those ballots into the counting stream. You'll also be able to come to a vote center which will replace polling places. Everyone's getting a ballot, so there will be no more polling places where you had to go and get a ballot. You'll have your ballot already. We've already had vote centers for almost 10 years, Uh started in 2008. These are going to be a little different in that you'll not only be able to get a new ballot if your dog ate your ballot, and I always tell people we've had several ballots brought in with bites taken out of them. Well, and people just lose them, you know, with the junk mail or they get stacked, they get thrown away. Exactly. So, hey, it's the day before the election. Where's my ballot? Let's go get one. And we can issue ballots at these vote centers. So the drop boxes and the vote centers will be at each of the municipalities because Angwin had a big polling place and won't this year or in future years, next year. They're going to have a vote center. And, of course, we're going to have a 10-day open vote center at the south campus for the county, halfway between Napa and American Canyon. Uh And that will be open for 10 days. Our office will be open for 10 days. And the other six vote centers will be open Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and on Election Day. And the other new thing is there's now something called conditional voter registration. Up until this past January 1st of 2017, a voter had to register to vote 15 days before the election. 
Now they can register from the 15th day all the way up to and including Election Day at one of our vote centers. They have to do it in person because we have to issue them a ballot. But that's going to hopefully expand the franchise to people who just realized, oh, my God, I moved last Thursday and it's Election Day Tuesday. I want to register to vote. They'll be able to come to our vote centers, register to vote, get a ballot and be on their way. The biggest question about all of this, I suppose, and I know that you're taking steps to deal with this, is that there's a lot of information here. I mean, you just rattled off a whole bunch of changes, and I'm not sure I could even perfectly rattle it all back to you. I would hope not. (laughs) There's a lot of changes going on. How are people going to know all of this? Well, first of all, NAP is probably leading the charge on the conversion to the Voters' Choice Act. One, because we've had vote centers, essentially, for eight years. Two, because we are already 90% vote by mail. So there is this new group of voters that we have to educate. So we're going to do a couple of things. One, we're starting an advertising campaign, which is going to say, I made this up at six o'clock this morning, VCA Voters' Choice Act, easy as one, two, three. And there's going to be the eagle graphic from the post office, a picture of one of our drop boxes and somebody coming into a vote center. We're also going to mail to all of those 10,000 voters who used to have a polling place a special notice that they won't have a polling place in June of 2018, that they'll be getting their ballot in the mail. And that'll be going out in April, about two weeks before they get their ballot to tell them to wake up, there's a ballot coming. You know, what's interesting is that I suspect that people will get that information and welcome it, as opposed to when we went really vote by mail, which is what we have now to a large extent, there was a great deal of of pushback to it. I mean, we did many programs about it. I don't think there's pushback to it anymore. Well, I think people are used to it. More than 60% of California voters voted by mail in November of 2016, which was the presidential election. Uh, And we, and of course, we have always had, as I said, we started at 30%, 60%, now 90% vote by mail. But it is my job and that of our staff to reach, and thanks to you and the programs you've helped me do, it's our job to reach out and make sure the community is aware of this. And the conditional voter registration, we're also going to push that when we get closer to Uh that date. There's no sense pushing it now because nobody realizes they need to, if they can register 15 days before, it's a lot easier. All of these places that people can drop off ballots, where will they be? I mean, you say in all the municipalities, but in We're where hoping are they, they be? will be at the city clerk's offices. We're uh-huh. working on that. I haven't nailed that down with my city clerk colleagues. And in Angwin, we're working to have it at either the Pacific Union College right. or at Howell Mountain Elementary School District. I, I've approached the college. I haven't talked to the Howell Mountain group yet. But one of those two places will have those drop boxes. Now, the six drop box, the outdoor drop box is open 12 hours a day every day. So 24-7 from 28 days before, we're going to lock it up in the middle of the night, of course, so people can't vandalize it or anything. So that'll be open 12 hours a day for 24-7 for, well, 12-7 for the 28 days. The others will be open during regular business hours. So you can drop into the city clerk's office and drop your ballot off. It goes directly into our ballot box. City clerk doesn't have to worry about it. 
if there are questions, they'll send them back to us or uh-huh. to the vote center when they open on the Saturday before the election. Right. Right. And why are we take Napa County taking such an aggressive position with regard to this? I mean, other counties can do it as well, but clearly they're not. Well, there's three other counties we know of. Sacramento will be the largest county along with San Mateo who are joining this effort to implement. There was a pilot project program. Mm-hmm. It's not mandatory, right. but eventually the legislature wants all 58 counties to be using the Voters' Choice Act model. So, Sacram- Which is essentially just another way of saying vote by mail. 100%. Pretty much, plus yeah. conditional voter registration right. and the vote centers, which right. are a very important part of this. So we're already 90% vote by mail. We're the only county in the state that had vote centers in all of those locations. So it just made sense for us to be the lead uh, county in rolling this out. We're uh, having our first meeting this Thursday, August 3rd, at 3 p.m. in our offices at 900 Coombe Street, Suite 256. And there's direct access from the top floor of the 2nd Street parking garage. Because we're building a coalition, there two. So there's some underserved voters in all communities, even in Napa. <clears throat> One, of course, is the voters with disabilities. I mean, physical and mental right. disabilities. The second is the language minority voters. So we're bringing a coalition of people together to help us ramp up, just as you asked me, the Mm -hmm. outreach to these two groups as well as to all voters. And so that meeting's August 3rd, this coming Thursday at 3 p.m. What do you think that this will do in terms of increasing the percentage of people, of registered voters, that actually send ballots in? Well, we're already ranked in the top seven of counties California-wide in November of 2016, over 50,000 voters. So 90% vote by mail has helped the turnout Uh here. We had over 82%, which was the highest turnout. You'd think it was in 2008. It was actually 1976 when Jimmy Carter ran (laughs) against Mr. Ford. Um, That was a higher percentage of a smaller number. A smaller number, right. right. Um, So we're already on track for that. I think conditional voter registration will help. Because there are a lot of people who get, you know, some people don't pay any attention, like political junkies like you and me, to the election until the weekend (laughs) before, and they suddenly realize they're not registered. Well, in the past, we couldn't help them. Now they can register and get a ballot right then. We just have to worry about all that voter fraud, you know, millions of illegal voters out there. No, that... I hate that whole topic, let me tell you. And as you know, the Secretary of State of California has refused to send the voter information to the Trump Commission um, that was created to try and uh, build up this image <laughs> to, of To try and fraud. solve a problem that doesn't exist. Exactly. That's, you couldn't say it better. <laughs> so as I say to people, in the 20 years I've been the registrar of voters, we've counted over a million ballots. We've had one case of voter fraud, and guess what? We caught them. Right. And that's not bad. One out of a million, one and out we of caught a million. them. <laughs> yeah. So, 
There, there is no voter fraud. I mean, there's an occasional somebody votes twice, and in this case, the person did it on purpose. But that is not a problem, as you said. Right. And it's not a problem anywhere in the country, we should say. I mean, you no, know, that's absolutely people, right. Things that go wrong, and there are problems here and there, but it, but it's really not an issue. Well, I mean, the issue is, it, I mean, goes to the heart of what we're talking about here. The problem is getting more people to vote. Well, and not to be turned off by the publicity that the voting systems rigged to remember that, that there's voter fraud. All of those things turn people off to this democracy that, as we mentioned before we went on the air, we've worked 241 years to build, and it could crumble relatively rapidly. Which brings me to the issue that is also on everyone's mind, of who's going to hack into our system here in Napa County. Right. Well, let me just back up on that whole issue. So the Elections have been since the very beginning, when there were colonies, have always, and in Vermont, when there are town meetings, have always been local. So there are 7,000 election jurisdictions in the United States, each with its own voting system, each with its own ability to count and track its ballots. And I can tell you from my experiences, one of those 7,000, the only connection are counting machinery has is the plug in the wall. There's no internet connection. There's no wireless connection. There's nothing. So you've got 7,000 jurisdictions, each with totally independent and separate voting systems. There's no way, one, you can hack that, and two, that if, now they could hack ours. They'd have to break through a door that is alarmed and get into the box, and you'd think we'd catch that. Yeah. Right? You think you might catch that. <laughs> Used to be they could just climb over the wall, but yeah, you that, fix that. <laughs> yeah, we put a big barrier. <laughs> no, nobody right knows what we're talking That's about. That's all right. That we're just going to leave that years there. Ago. It's nice we've been around this <laughs> long. long. <laughs> no. uh, talk a little bit about that just in terms of your knowledge. In terms of most of these local systems, even in a county as large as L.A., it's not so easy to hack into a system. Well, you can't right. because the counting – a ballot tabulation system is totally secure. It's not hooked to anything. I mean, the ballots come in boxes into our office and are delivered, and we count them in a machine that's in a locked room that's not plugged into anything but right. the wall. You know, I mean, for power. That's it. I mean, there's no way you can do that. Now, there were attempts to get into the voter registration systems in right. Illinois and Arizona. Both of those secretaries of states do not believe anything happened, but they were attempted hacks into it. The problem with that is if you made up a million voters, we'd know that. Right. Because they're not in our system. We have a totally separate system. Well, the, system. Go the goals in some of these efforts, as I understand it, has been not just to add people to the roles, but to delete certain people from the roles. Right. And we have two independent systems. We have our local system, and now we have the brand new statewide system. Right. And those two are in sync. So if for some reason the statewide system suddenly dropped 20,000 people from Napa County, you'd think we'd know because they weren't dropped from our system, which you can't hack into for the same reason. Right. Yeah. So, no, I'm not concerned about that. Now, there were attempts through a company in Florida, of which one California county was a, a customer, to send some spam emails into their 
email systems, that has nothing to do with voter registration right. or ballot tabulation or anything else. It's just what they try and do on your home computer. Yeah. And, and that's really, the frustra- from my point of view, one of the frustrating things of all this, aside from the fact that it's anti-democratic and what it does to people's attitudes and the things you were alluding to before, is it makes it so much harder for us to get to the next step beyond all mail. I mean, you and I have talked so many times about when are we going to get to the point you can vote on your phone. I mean, you can do your banking on your phone, your thumbprint. I mean, there's all sorts of security devices. But all of this talk is just making that stage of it someday so much harder and so much further away. Right. Besides eroding people's confidence in our democratic process, it, as you said, it's throwing stumbling blocks up for the future. And neither of those are good things for America. Right. Well. We'll see what happens. And that's why the Russians were so actively involved in trying to influence this election. Now, they didn't do it by hacking into voting tabulation or hacking into registered voters. They did it by hacking into the public perception of what was going on in the election through fake news and alternative facts and stealing emails from one of the parties. All of those things just tend to turn people off, and that's part of the problem. Right. I mean, people are cynical enough without exactly. pouring gasoline on exactly. the fire, so right. to speak. Well, that's all good. And will you be sending out notices to people about all of this in general? I mean, sort of the broad subject that we're talking about, will people get information in the mail about that? Well, let's start with what we're going to do. To So I'm having... I mean, you mentioned these things that are taking place at your office. Right. And those outreach There's going to be some outreach beyond that. So the law requires that we do an election administration plan that talks to all the things we've talked about, reaching out to underserved voters, reaching out to the community, to those who used to vote at their polling place. So we're having the meeting on August 3rd. Then we're going to hold two evening public consultations, one up Valley and one probably in American Canyon, to go over this planning process. Then I'm going to take the I approve the plan, not the Board of Supervisors. It's set in the law that I approve the plan. But I'm going to go to the Board of Supervisors on September 12th for their comments mm-hmm. on what we're doing and right. to take any feedback. And then I'm going to publish the plan sometime in September, and I'm holding a public hearing the morning of October 2nd at the board chambers uh, in Napa at 10 a.m. to go over the plan, take any final public input, and then I expect to adopt the plan. I submit it to the board, not for their approval, but for their information. And then the outreach portion of the plan, just what you're interested in Mm -hmm. because of the profession you're in, that is submitted to the Secretary of State as well. And so all of that will happen well before the deadline, which is in December. We'll be the first, I think, in the state to get all of our ducks in order and all of our plans done. One more question on this with respect to the last-minute registration. How do you check that? How does that conditional voting, I think you referred conditional to Conditional voter registration. registration right. How does that work? Talk well, a little bit about the mechanism. That's, that's that. really very interesting. So we now have a statewide voter registration system. So if you live in Napa and move to San Diego, the moment you register in San Diego, Napa's canceled. Okay? So if you conditionally voter register on Election Day in Napa County, and failed to remember that you'd already voted in San Francisco and had moved to Napa, we're not going to count that ballot until the end of the process. So 
those conditional voter registration ballots are going to be held till the end until San Francisco's published its history and everybody else has. And then VoteCal, the statewide system, will tell us, no, you can't count that. This person voted in San Francisco and forgot. So this happened in November. The new VoteCal system already, we had one person vote in Napa. They mailed their ballot back. And then they went and voted in San Francisco, and VoteCal told us about that. We didn't count their NAPA ballot, uh-huh. but we did inform the Secretary of State fraud, you know, talk about voter fraud. We did inform the Secretary of State's Voter Fraud Investigation Bureau, and this gentleman is being investigated as to whether he did this on purpose or if he just voted in Abbott and didn't realize or forgot and went and voted in San Francisco. So mm-hmm. these are brand new controls. You couldn't do conditions. How was the decision made as to which one was going to count? Well, because he voted in San Francisco first, first. before we counted our ballot. Right. He actually voted at a polling, and he legitimately moved there. I mean, he didn't go run down to San Francisco. To, I don't think. I haven't gotten well, the we results. Well, we have a lot of people here, a lot that live in both places. Exactly. This wasn't that right. case. But he'd actually been somewhere else before, so he moves around a lot. Um, the other thing that is very interesting is that we will now be able, if somebody drops a ballot in one of our drop boxes from Solano County or mm-hmm. Contra Costa County, before we couldn't count those and we couldn't send them to the. I mean, we sent them to them, but they came too late. Now there's an eight-day period after the election that will allow those ballots to be transferred from Napa County to Contra Costa Hmm. County and allow them to be, and we had a, you know, we get 10 or 15 ballots from other counties, including one from Riverside (laughs) County in November of 16. Well, they were up here on a visit and dropped their ballot in our ballot box. So the other thing that's gonna change is that because everyone's voting by mail, that election Mm -hmm. night count at 801 where I've done all the ballots that we've received up uh-huh. until Saturday noon, that's mm-hmm. going to be the only count on election night because the rest of the ballots are still coming in. We'll hopefully have a count now on Wednesday or Thursday right? instead of Let, at 9 or 10. Let's back up on that because yeah. that's a big deal. You yeah. sort of save that for last. Yeah, well, almost a, last. I got one more. Right, okay. There's only going to be, beginning with the June, June 2018 in election County. in Napa County, there's only going to be one total that at, comes on election at eight oh one p.m., which should be close to fifty percent of the total vote. That'll be true in any of the counties that are VCA, whether they're San Mateo, Sacramento. There's no way we can be processing all these vote by mail ballots uh-huh. and get another count out that night, and we can't do right, one before eight oh one. Just to be clear for people that are listening. The numbers that would come in in the second wave and ultimately the third, and usually there were three, I think that's fair, uh, were the, the ballots that were coming from the precincts, were coming the from polling the polling places. places. Exactly. Right. And those were open ballots. We came in, we made sure they were unfolded, and nobody spilled coffee right. on them, and we could count them. There isn't any of that. We're going to get all of these ballots in the drop boxes late, at the vote centers late, in our office late, in the mail late, and all of those have to have their signature check. Is the cutoff going to be any later? It always was like Saturday, Saturday before Election Day. Is that going to remain the same? Well, it depends on how the flow goes. We could maybe push it as far. The problem is 
I need to bring what are called vote-by-mail boards in to mm-hmm. open the envelopes and right. get Check the ballots the out. And, well, we've done all that ahead of right. time. That we can continue to do. So we may make an effort to conclude some Sunday and maybe even some Monday ballots in that. But we also have to start counting so that we can count the ballots. So we'll see how we do that. Our new system allows us to add ballots in much more easily. Mm-hmm. So we might continue counting through noon or 2 p.m. on Tuesday and then do that 801 release. All right. Well, that's a big change. I mean, it that, is a big change. Significant. And I did explain that to the board when I went and told them where we were. And they have not, they didn't approve us going to VCA, but they did provide us with the funding to do that. What does that mean, if anything, in terms of when numbers will come out after election night? Well, I'm hoping to get a <clears throat> second count on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. and maybe a third count on Thursday. We're going to do a of lot. Of that week, right? Of that week, not right. a week later. Right. So we're going to just see this is our first time with this, so I'm not exactly well, sure. Well, allegedly, this is what people, including me, so I don't want to just put it on other people, yeah. have been screaming about for a long time. Yeah. So we're hoping to get a sort of a rolling count going, mm-hmm. uh, beginning 8.01 p.m. on election night, the next count sometime on Wednesday, the next time sometime on Thursday. And we may take a break then. Right, and we then have do a, the rest. And then, and well, Whenever. not that long, but right. we do have to wait the eight days, as mm-hmm. an example, to see if ballots were dropped by Napa County voters in Riverside <laughs> County. Right. And then, of course, we have the new three-day rule right. where we can count any ballot that was postmarked on election day if it gets to us within three days. So we got this big, which is, again, helping to increase the turnout and make people's votes count. So there is going to be still 25 to 30 percent of the ballots not counted until I certify, which will hopefully be well before the 28th day after the election. It's going to be interesting to sort of analyze what additional percentage of voters you get because the first time you're going to get to try this is going to be in a primary in june and then gubernatorial not a presidential so tough to figure out and you know the worst primary was the primary the last gubernatorial primary in 2014 where statewide dreadful yeah 35 percent we got up to 48 percent but that's terrible you know, and there was, and so we're hoping that this, and that's why the legislature passed all this because of the, the downward slide in turnout. One last thing on voting, Jeff, that I wanted to talk about is that there's another big project that we're undertaking, totally independent from this, and that is that we're trying to make sure every eligible citizen registers to vote. And we have about 20,000 eligible citizens in Napa County who are not registered. Right. These aren't people who have to become Americans. They're already Americans. And there are two major groups of those. One is the young, like you and me. <laughs> and the other are the language minorities. So we're doing a huge outreach effort unrelated to Vote Voters' Choice Act. But we're doing a simultaneous effort to see if we can ramp that up. And there's a group called the Community Leaders Coalition, which is looking for some funding to assist us in reaching out through their members Uh out to this group. So we'll be working on that as well and try and raise it. So state, I mean, nationally, California, the last statistic I had ranked 44th in the nation in terms of the number of eligible citizens who register to vote at less than three quarters. 
We're above that. We're around 79%, but I'd like to get what into What state that. has the highest? Do you know? I, I don't, think I don't Michigan is one really? of those, or New Hampshire or one of those. They're way up there in the low 90s. But, um, and I should look at those statistics. And they go out in bad was, weather. Yes. <laughs> well, to register. Right. Remember, we're talking about registration, right. not voting. So we certainly want to bring that up by a bunch of percentage points for the 2020 site, for the 2018 cycle and the 2020 cycle. Right. And all of this is in preparation for what happens when California becomes an independent nation. Not, <laughs> so, so, so that we can have full participation in Cal, Cal exit, right? right. <laughs> we can hope, or some of us can hope. Yeah. The other big thing you've been working on is our uh, ever-expanding uh, rolls of uh, money pouring into the county. Yeah, it's amazing. And again, I haven't been working on it. It's been our great staff uh, who have done this. And so we closed our assessment roll, as we're required to do by June 30th of every year. And uh, we had an increase, the largest dollar increase ever in Napa County, which was $2.4 billion added to the roll. And to put that in perspective, Jeff, in 1980, which is only 37 years ago, the total assessment roll was less than $2.4 billion. And we added that amount in one year. So you can see what's happened in terms of the values of property in Napa County. We still rank third in the, na in the state of assessed value per capita right behind Marin and San Mateo and just ahead of San Francisco. And uh, we're very fortunate that the elected and appointed leaders and the citizens of Napa County have protected our very special way of life. There's scarcity of everything in Napa County when you look at our neighboring counties where Highway 80 runs up one side and 101 the other. And so people are willing to pay a lot of money, plus the work the vintners have done in Napa Valley being recognized as, if not the premier wine growing region in the world, one of them. We're getting, we had one sale, I wouldn't say this is the average by any means, but we had an 11 acre vineyard sale planted in graves for $561,000 an acre. Mm -hmm. And that's above what people are paying on a per square meter basis for lands in Bordeaux. So it's just incredible what people are willing to pay to both own vineyards here, but to live here. Right. Of course, that has, I mean, and, and um, you know, you hear the same, I won't say pushback, because that's really not right, the same whining, I guess, I don't know, about the scarcity has two sides to it. One, it's increasing the amount of money coming in. It's increasing your assessment rolls, but it also makes it more expensive to live here. Absolutely. You know, and it's which leads crazy. to the discussion about housing and all the exactly. things that go along with it. You know, fortunately, what I'm seeing now is that people of my generation uh, who have been here for 30 or 40 years, many of them bought rental houses as investments back right. then, and they've kept them thank goodness. And now what are they doing? They're letting their kids live in them because that's the only way they can get into the housing market in Napa Valley if your parents had the foresight to invest in real estate. 
And so I, I tell this story all the time. When I was on the Board of Supervisors back in the 70s, I used to go to senior government classes. And I'd always ask for a show of hands, how many of you expect to live in Napa County? And I'd get maybe one hand. Oh, this is a dump. There's nothing to do in this town. And now they're all hanging on the chain link fence trying to get back in. You know, it's really strange what's happened to <clears throat> the community building. You know, I always say Napa's a small town, and it still is right. when you compare it to Walnut Creek or Concord. <clears throat> and that's both good and bad. I mean, you get some of the stuff of a small town, but you also get people taking care of themselves, families staying here. So it well, does take some pre-planning I mean, the other to get back here. Yeah, the other thing that's so interesting, and the Register did sort of a story about this recently. They sort of missed the part of the point. They missed a lot of the point about second and third generation families in the wine business. And the the part of the story they left out when you start talking to these people is that a lot of these kids left here they had no intention of coming back they didn't want to be in the family business they went off to college somewhere and they had no intention of coming back especially into the business and then 2008 2009 happened and it was suddenly you know all those fantastic jobs weren't available the economy was difficult and suddenly coming back home didn't seem so bad. And then getting into the family business didn't seem so bad. No, that's right. You know, the statistics are pretty scary for family-owned businesses that something like 85% of them get outside the right. family by the third generation. So we're very – and, you know, we've had some major wineries sell. Not all of Duckhorn sold, but Warren Winyarski sold Stag's right. Leap, and other people have sold their wineries because their children weren't interested in being in the business. Plus, there was so much money to be had. Why work if you right. can put it in the bank? But we do for – and the other thing, I was just at a Latino Leaders Luncheon on Friday, and the, one of the speakers was from the Mexican-American Vintners Association – which is now the Napa Sonoma, but right. here we have second and third generations who started in the fields. Right. You know, they didn't buy this winery because their mom and dad were in the banking business or owned Coca-Cola. They worked their way up, and those are wonderful. Those are a, a whole new uh, section of our uh, community and our industry, which I honor a huge amount to build it up the way they did. What was it about this year? that caused the assessments to go up almost 7%? Well, there were a couple of things. We had a couple of huge sales. The town of Yountville went up almost 21% because of the sale of vintage, what is now called Vintage Estates, right. which was the one in the Villaggio plus V Marketplace right. plus the other in, and that sold in the hundred and something million dollars. And of course, the assessed value of that was very low, not hugely low, but a lot lower than what it sold right. for. Had a couple of major hotels sell, Carneros Inn, right. now Carneros Spa sold, Bartizono sold Bartizono, right. in the tens of millions of dollars. Um, and then the general, you know, there's this huge trend going on for wineries who are afraid of where their grape supply is going to be actually buying vineyards now. Mm -hmm. So Gallo just bought 600 acres up on Atlas Peak. This was in this year, but it was the same trend that's been going on and paid a lot of money for it in the right. $180 million. 
all of that added to that. Um, we haven't had a lot of residential growth. We've had some going on, but coming out of the Great Recession that you mentioned, it's still slow. But we've also had the, and you know, we've got a lot of industrial, or not industrial, but commercial growth and industrial growth around the airport for right. the wine business in Napa for hotels. That Archer Hotel added some money to the role, even mm -hmm. though it's not done yet. And so all of that contributed to this being a big year. Mm -hmm. Of course, as your base gets bigger, your increase is smaller in percentage Percentage-wise, right. So $2.4 billion on $35 billion is not like $2.4 billion if it had been $2.4 billion because <laughs> right. we'd have a 100% increase. Right. So our percentages are going to continue to shrink as our base right. grows. But the numbers will continue to go up. Particularly, I think that there's still a lot more room to go up in the residential side. Well, there's some questions. I don't disagree with you. That's certainly the way the trend's been. Uh -huh. But there are some harbingers on, harbingers on the uh, horizon that we may be seeing a, a leveling off, hopefully not a downturn. But we'll wait and see what happens with that. I'm not predicting anything. Right. My job's to follow the market, not to predict it. But right. And what do you see that, that might prevent it from continuing to go on the uptick? Well, I think mortgage rates are going to, they're still very low, but, but they're, they're going gonna up. Go, they're right. going up. The housing inventory is not growing. And I don't mean just new homes. I mean even homes offered for sale. People are getting stuck in their homes. They can't afford to move up, so they can't sell their existing home to let new owners and buyers come in. You already talked about the other constraint, which is nobody can afford right. a starter home in Napa Valley, as it said in the papers, $500,000. That isn't easy for a young couple, even if they're both wage earners, to, to make that. So, But there's a lot of money out there. I, I think we're going to see a lot more teardowns and a lot more. Oh, that's happening. Go. I mean, I think we're going to see more. I have to tell you a cute story. So our appraiser, one of our appraisers was out in the field, and this was back in 04 or 05 or right after the, before the tech boom crashed, somewhere back there. And he went to this gorgeous new home to, you know, do the measurement and look at the interior to find out what the quality was. And this young woman opened the door and he said, is your mom home? She said, this is my house. I mean, she was in her early 20s. So that's part of what's happening out there. I mean, I know of somebody who just bought a second home in the Napa Valley. It's a vacation weekend home. They paid $4.6 million for the home. Right. And that's where the uptick is, I think, in the second homes. And, you know, I mean, people whine about that, and you hear a lot of complaints about it, but it's just the way it is. Well, there's a lot of money. You know, we are, we are a global destination. We're up there with the south of France, with the Tuscany Hills, people, the Seychelles Islands. We're that global marketplace. We're part of it now, and that does tend to drive prices up. Look at Aspen. Look at the Hamptons. Yeah. I mean, right. look at those places. Exactly. I mean, just in the U.S. Right. I mean, that those prices keep going up. Right. So, oh, I, what I wanted you and I were talking before we went on the air, and I want to just bring this up because I was interested in your comments. There has been some talk. There was a story actually just last week or mm -hmm. a few days ago in the Sacramento Bee and a few things about sp what's called split roles or dual roles. 
and maybe readdressing Prop 13 as it relates to industrial and commercial property. That's correct. And maybe exempting it from some of the Prop 13 restrictions. Actually, that's right. You don't think that's going to happen? I mean, that would add to the role, certainly, even here in Napa. It would. Well, I think there are two reasons that it's going to have trouble happening. Number one is it's well, there are three reasons. The first reason is industry and commercial is going to fight it like heck, and they've got a lot of money if it goes on the ballot. Or even in the legislature, they've got a lot of money to stop people from voting for such a, a split role. The second piece of it is that if it says anything about Prop 13, everybody's going to vote no, even if it's good for the, the state. Anybody who's got Prop 13, and we all do, because even if you bought in 2015, you've got a Prop 13 base year value, and you're better off than the guy who buys in 2018. Everyone under Prop 13 is going to say, oh, no, they're doing something to Prop 13. And as you know the expression, it's the third Third rail rail. of politics. However, I could make the argument, and I think people that do this for a living could make it way better, that the best way to protect Prop 13 on the residential side is to do this on the commercial industrial side and generate more revenue and further protect Prop 13 on the residential side. Well, actually, that is an argument. The problem is that revenues have grown fantastically. You know, Prop 13 passed 40 years ago next June, 1978. And revenues have grown fantastically. Property tax revenues in California, even with Prop 13. So... I'm not sure. I don't have, you know, my job is to be the assessor in Napa County yeah, to I mean, make decisions a- on what's good or bad. But I, and the third thing is it would be a huge impact on our office because now we only reassess a commercial building when it's built or if it changes ownership. Right. We'd be going out and reassessing all commercial and industrial property on an every so many year cycle. We'd need more qualified appraisers, which would be a cost. Now, that cost is nowhere near what a split role would bring in. Right. I mean, probably a tiny percentage. But it still would mean ramping up our office and figuring out how to get extra people and do all of that. So. The Assessors Association, I'm going to a conference tomorrow, our northern conference, um, and is just, we don't take a position on the split rule, but we say, if you do it, this is what it's going to have to do for us. Right. Because we're going to need to change how we operate a big slug of our office. All right. Well, I thank you as always, John Tudor, for coming in and uh, bringing us up to date on all these things. Great. Can you imagine all the other counties that see these numbers, though, and are so jealous? Right. Well, (laughs) we actually have a greater growth this year than about 10 counties' total assessed value now. (laughs) All right. We'll leave it on that note. Okay. Thanks, John. Okay. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now.